Hi, I'm your host, Kit McCarty, and with me today is Natalie Mendez. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. Happy to be here. I am so glad you are. Natalie Mendez is an ICF certified coach, Gallup Strengths Coach, workshop facilitator, and speaker who is energized by all things related to growth and development. After more than 25 years in corporate roles, she began to follow her dreams and goals by launching her own coaching business that specializes in one-on-one life and leadership coaching, group coaching, and team connection workshops. She's dedicated to helping individuals, leaders, and teams achieve their dreams and goals and helping them accomplish big things that create impact, meaning, and legacy. She's also a wife, stepmom, daughter, sister, and a friend who knows the value of being present and fulfilled in life. Natalie, I see that you are energetic, playful, curious, flexible, grateful, and faithful. How do you see yourself? Mm, I, I, love, I love those descriptions. Thank you. I see myself as those things, too. Um, I am incredibly curious I have I question everything. I think everything is interesting. It gets very I chase a lot of squirrels in my in my life and in my world. So I definitely see myself as that. I also see the side of me that is very practical. I'm a good planner. I'm a I love a good spreadsheet, which sounds strange to some people, but I do love a good spreadsheet. So I've got this interesting balance that I am learning to come to terms with that says, hey, I can be this person on one day, and then the next person I can tap into some of this other fun, playful side and still be true to who I am. Well, I can see that being a good asker of questions Mm -hmm. has been very useful to you in your life and makes you a great coach because so much of coaching is asking good questions. Were you always free to ask questions? Uh, No. I've always been interested in a coaching-type Career. I actually wanted to be a psychologist when I was young. I studied psychology. I got interested in psychology in the seventh grade. So really early on, I wanted to study humans and human behavior and all of that. I didn't connect the asking questions with it. Went to school, got my degree, and then decided, nope, it's time to go to work. It's time to do something else. And that's when I got caught up really in roles in the corporate world where I didn't ask a lot of questions because I didn't feel super confident asking Mm -hmm. a lot of questions. I put a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of perfectionism that said, you shouldn't have to ask. So -hmm. from a very early stage of my career, I kind of stopped. And what's interesting is I think a lot of those questions actually started building up, right? And maybe they're coming out now um, when I talk to people, but I didn't. I just saved them for maybe for such a time as this. Yeah. 
Interesting. Uh, For me, planning helped avoid having to ask hard questions Mm -hmm. by either planning my life so busy or having things so well planned that there wasn't room for mistake or for curiosity or for exploration, Mm -hmm. you know, just following through on the plan. And for a season, that worked for me. Is that also true for you? I I planned a lot, but I also did a lot of sort of by the seat of my pants. Um, (laughs) In my career, I've had some great success, but I never really thought, these are the steps that I'm going to take. Here's the career path that I'm going to follow. I was very blessed. I would have someone come along. I'd meet them through another introduction, and they'd say, hey, we have a role that I think you might be interested in. Do you want to come over here? And so I would go over there, off plan. And I think wanting to learn and being curious did help because I could pick up a lot of things very quickly, and I could dive in. But then I'd see something else that looked good, or I'd be introduced to someone else, and I'd make a change. So there was never really a plan there. And that made, I think that contributed to feeling not really confident in roles that I took on because I was surrounded by all these people who were like, I always knew I wanted to be X and they were pursuing that. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do at all. I just keep showing up and trying to do a good job and I don't know what the next step is. So in a way that that flexibility made me really good at what I did, but in another way it contributed to me being very lost and confused trying to figure out what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to be. Especially if you thought that there was a certain way that you ought to be, either um, by your own standards or standards that were imposed on you, either by family or other relationships mm-hmm. or employers. Um, and and often in my life, and I'm going to imagine yours as well, those things aligned and it was easy to fulfill those roles. Mm-hmm. But the times that it didn't, yeah. those were the hard ones. The times that it didn't when you you just... I would step back and I would be like, I don't fit in anywhere. There's no good home for me. Mm. And those, I know, that's actually something that I carry with me a lot and something that I have to stay super aware of is I will walk into a group of people and I will look for the reasons that I don't fit in. Oh, And I've learned that about myself because somewhere along the way, I pick that up, right? Like, okay, everybody else has the right degree. Everybody else grew up the right way. Everybody else has this or that. I'm a little bit different. And helping myself learning through prayer, through study, through scripture, through support from other people, through coaching, that different doesn't have to be bad, that different is unique, now empowers me to go in and say, yeah, I do stand out a little bit and that's good, but I'm also able to go in and see how I am very closely connected to the people that I love and care about and to feel good about that as well. Well, let's go all the way back to seventh grade when you said you first became interested in psychology. Were you the girl that all the other girls came to with their questions and, and were um, asking you to help sort their lives out? Or are you one of those kids that maybe didn't feel like you fit in and so you stood back and you watched and tried to understand why is everybody doing what they're doing and why, you know, why don't I fit into this or how can I fit in better? Yeah. I, was, I was very quiet. I was a very shy kid. I was a very quiet kid. It wasn't only that I was quiet because I was shy, it was because I was always observing what was going on. And I'm still always observing what was what's going on now. Good. So I love that. I love to just study people and see see what's happening. And I think because I wasn't the one who was talking a lot or loud, it left me open to people that needed to come and talk about something. So I've always had friends that had friends that have come to me. I've always had strangers that have come to me and they just start telling a little bit of their story. And sometimes it's like, well, that's interesting. I I wonder what that's about. And other times it's like, they must have noticed that I look like I didn't fit in. 
And so they're probably coming over here to make me feel comfortable. And it's a very awkward, you know, you listen to that negative voice in your head, it can be a very awkward time. It wasn't until about seven or eight years ago that I really started appreciating that as a gift, that openness and that ability to listen to people as a gift, and really that I was giving them space to come and share something that was on their heart. But I've spent my whole life people watching. Trying not to be super obvious about it, but people watching. (laughs) That's a great hobby. It's one of the things I love to do as well. Well, the very first time I met you, you seemed very approachable and open, and you were very observant. Um, And so all of those things, I wanted you to feel welcome in our group, and then you were, and you were able to speak to the topics that we were discussing, and you you just fit right in. And I think part of that was because you did first observe Mm. and and you listened and those are such important things in coaching so um so tell me how you came into your own coaching business yeah Uh, well it it was a surprise to me too because I would have assumed that I was supposed to do the right thing right we talk about just grow how you grow up and what you think you'll do I thought I would grow up I would get a job I would work for however many years I would be successful and then I would retire I never imagined that I would own my own business. That Yikes. seems very scary. It is. It, and it is. It is very <laughs> scary. But it, that was something for everyone else. And mm-hmm. so even when that idea started um, coming into my field of vision, I was like, mm, I, don't, I don't think that's going to work for me. I need to work for other people. I need the security no. of having a job as if having a job is super secure. Well, having a paycheck is. Having a paycheck feels pretty darn good. <laughs> if yes. <it's> yes. <laughs> and so I actually found my way into a role in financial financial planning and analysis, um, despite having no background in finance, no finance degree, I was able, I got hired, I did very well, and went on to lead teams in this department. And that was another example of always feeling like I was a little bit on the outside, Mm -hmm. because I was surrounded by people with CPAs, MBAs, degrees in finance, and I'm over here with my degree in psychology, trying to remember what an accrual is, and getting, just getting lost in the conversation, having to go back and Google terms or whatever, but I made it. I, I'm flexible enough, nimble enough that I made it and I built a career on it. And one day, it was about eight years ago, I was reading through some budget reports and I just remember this feeling of thinking, I still have years to work ahead of me and I cannot do this. I cannot keep doing this. (laughs) And I shared that with a friend of mine and I've, I started to go into this mode that I know how to go into, right? Well, then let's put a plan together. Let's do something. But the plan looked scary because it was different, and I had a good job, and I had job security, and I had a paycheck. I had all of those things. So while I was thinking it and I was feeling it, and what I didn't know at the time that it was also the Holy Spirit kind of prompting me for it, I put it aside. I said, that sounds good, but let me wait for something to be a little clearer, so about two years later, I was sitting in a conference, a, a women's International Women's Day conference, actually, and there was a speaker who got up, and she, she shared this message about her change in her life and how she had gone from being very successful to something completely different. And I felt like she was talking directly to me. I felt like she was telling me, today's the day. You've got to pay attention to what's going on. You've got to pay attention to the fact that you know you can't do this anymore. And I looked at the woman that I was sitting next to who I didn't know, and I said, you know, I've been looking into this idea of being a coach. It's been interesting to me. I didn't think it was for me, but it's been interesting. I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to get trained, and I'm going to do that. Wow. (laughs) And it was that, in that, it wasn't that quick because it took me a while to get there, but in that moment, it was 
It was just that I just did it. And what do you love about coaching? Oh, gosh. Um, So many things. I think... (laughs) I think coaching is the answer to so many things that we go through, right? Me I too. when I got to that point where I knew I wanted to do this, I actually hired a coach and it was a coach who really helped me understand what it was going to look like for me because I didn't think I was going to go start my own business. I just thought I was going to start coaching and I was going to start helping people and supporting them. And she really helped me understand that, oh, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to get a little bit bigger with your dreams and a little bit bolder because what you want to do takes that kind of a dreaming. So she helped me and she really gave me, she didn't give me, but she helped me uncover in me those skills that I had, those gifts that I had, those ways that I had been blessed, helped me see that that ability to listen to people, what it was really doing was allowing people to be seen and giving them a space to process. And so when I can do that for anyone, then, then I feel like I am using every single gift that I've been given, everything that I've been afraid of or even been ashamed of in my life, I'm putting it right out there for another human being to benefit from. And that feels fulfilling. Well, I love that you were smart enough to get a coach right off. A lot of people are afraid to yeah. um, because uh, they know that's going to involve some work. Yeah. Even in athletic coaching, when you have a coach come alongside you that say you need to run harder or you need to lift in this way, it's hard work yes. and it's going to be painful and there are going to be days when you don't feel like doing it. Is that your experience or yes. did you feel like you just hit your lane and started running? You know, I wish. I, I've spent most of my career hoping that I was eventually going to stumble into the role that would be like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And now it's easy. And now every day I wake up and I feel confident and ready to go. And it's still not that day. There are days when I absolutely love what I do. There are days when it is absolutely work and hard to build up the endurance to keep going. But with my coaching, what I are with being coached by others, what I've learned is how to make it through some of those times. And I would say even more important to that is With coaching, it has really pulled me much closer to my faith, which is, you know, an interesting, um, an interesting journey along the way. As I thought I was setting out to, you know, do what I wanted to do and to find my perfect career, I didn't realize that God was actually saying, "Yeah, but you don't know where this road's going to lead, and it's leading straight to me." So, I'll see you when you get there. (laughs) But (laughs) He knew all along. And so even though the work is hard, and I still work with coaches, a coach today, even though the work is hard, it's so worth it. And I think when I can do the hard work on my side, then I'm in a better position to support my clients when they're also having to do the hard work. So before we turn the microphones on, you were telling me about some clients that you had in a conversation that you had um, with both of them mm-hmm. who are both struggling with confidence. Yeah. What are some other needs that you're seeing that yeah. might require coaching? You know, the confidence is is huge, absolutely. And that was a lot of what drew me into it because I think I struggled with that so much that I wanted to reach out and to help people who were going through the same thing. But I also see people who are just really unclear about what they're doing. That is such a, um, it's, it's really an epidemic for us, right? We're all working and running as fast as we can, and we're not exactly sure what we're running towards. There's no clarity in that. And then there's no energy towards that. It's just work. So I see a a lot of that, people just wanting um, some clarity around their lives and their goals. I also see, and this is something that's really on my heart a lot lately, is people who who just won't give themselves a break. Mm, Good. The way that they talk to themselves, the way that they talk about themselves, the messages and the stories that they tell 
are not life-giving in any way. And that not only contributes to maybe not having confidence, that also contributes to just never being able to stop and breathe and be grateful. So those are those are areas that I see that are really universal for people, but they're also areas that I've lived and mm-hmm. sometimes still struggle with today. So they make them perfect um, opportunities for me to sit down and support people. Well, I love that you're confessing that you're not perfect. That's so helpful because that's going to say to a client, hey, look, I'm struggling too. I have struggled. I've seen some victory in this area. Mm -hmm. I can uh, share with you the wisdom of my experience, Mm -hmm. and maybe you won't have to make some of the mistakes I did. Or perhaps you can. You're discovering the same things I am. Hold my hand, we'll learn together. Um, and I love a coach that has their hands dirty. That's one to get in the fight with me. So I see that's what you bring to the equation. Yeah. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to hear more from our guest today, Natalie Mendez. Coaches, like Natalie, will encourage you on your path to self-discovery and affirm your good decisions. So, while I'm not a certified coach, let me applaud you for discovering the Now I See podcast and encourage you to like and subscribe, to leave us a good rating and review, and to share our show with your friends. I would also affirm your decision to find out more about today's guest by checking out our show notes or dropping by our website at nis.media, where you can also find out more about us, our favorite authors, our featured causes, and hear more than 100 conversations with our previous guests. Our show is designed to elevate, educate, and engage you, our listeners. If we're doing that, it would encourage us to hear from you. You can contact us on our website at nis.media or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NowICPod. And now, back to our show. from our break with our guest today, Natalie Mendez. So Natalie, you were telling us the journey that led you to coaching, and we were talking about some of the struggles that people have. Can you tell our listeners and me how, how your um, coaching 
business addresses those needs. Yeah. I'd love to say that there is a secret formula that I use. And because the planner in me wants to come up with like a six step, here's what we do, and we're going to meet on this week, and we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this worksheet and that. And I think there's value in all of that. I've been in programs that offer those. But the way that my coaching really addresses all of this is, is that I just sit with that person and really, truly listen. And I, that is what coaching is, right? Coaching is that space. It is that other person sitting across from you saying, I see you, I hear your struggles, I hear your challenges. You are not alone in this. And through that, we can work through to a point where maybe someone comes out on the end and says, hey, I feel like I can do this now, or I feel better about this, or I'm ready to take on something that I wasn't able to take on. Or sometimes you just see sort of the look on their face that says, I don't know what to do with all of these things that I've just talked about, but I know that you've, I know that you've listened, and I know that I feel better having said it and got out. And it's interesting because as a coach, I really want to be able to measure my success. I really want people to get off the phone with me and be like, thanks, that was awesome. And now I feel like I can go do this. And what happens instead sometimes is you just see them say, okay. And you just know that they're going to go away and it's going to take root somewhere along and they're going to be, they're, they're going to be better. And I have to take that as success. And yes, I have to just absolutely. know that, okay. I'm trusting that God's going to do what he's going to do. I was just here to hold a mirror up to them and to listen. I think that's where all of my growth has happened, where I've come up against something I didn't know how to get through, and somebody came alongside me and held my hand and walked me through it. That didn't make what I was facing any easier. It didn't remove the obstacles. It just gave me the courage and the confidence mm -hmm. I needed mm -hmm. to push through. And I imagine that's been your experience, yeah. and that's why you do what you do. Absolutely. Sometimes we need someone to help us remove the obstacles, right? We need that person who's like, okay, I, I know somebody, and I can help you. I can help get this out of the way. But the real value is when we learn to remove them ourselves. We yes. learn to get through Absolutely. them ourselves. That is exactly how we grow, and we don't get that chance if someone's telling us what to do along the way. Good. And there's so many, right? I mean, you can have a mentor who does that for you. You can have a leader who very specifically leads you in what you need to be doing. You can have a therapist. I think we need all of these things along the way. But when I think I, I hold the practice of coaching um, to very high standards in that I think we're not there to tell people what to do. Mm. We're there to see and help them figure out what it is they need to do. And in that, if I have a tool, if I want to share a story or something, I can. But what I really want is for that to come from that individual so that they're they're buying into what their next step is. Absolutely. And and your goal in coaching is to take them to the next level. So even athletic um, trainers are helping good runners become better runners, mm -hmm. good tacklers become better tacklers. Um, and so you're helping good business people. Yeah. Um, good teachers, good uh, whatever field they are, mm -hmm. become better yeah. um, and and be able to open doors of opportunity for them in places they may not have seen before. And that's one of the things I just love about coaching. Mm -hmm. Well, in the time that we have left, you've addressed some um, issues that typically come up in coaching. One of those is gaining in confidence. Mm -hmm. Where did you find your confidence? Well, I find my confidence in remembering that... that God created me to do something wonderful for him. 
whether that's big or small, he gave me some kinds of gifts that I could go out and that I could use and that I could be comfortable and confident using. But I don't believe necessarily that he created me to be so confident that I don't ever have to sit back and feel like, oh, God, I don't really know what I'm doing, right? I think at those points when I'm willing to say, I don't know how to do this, and I'm a little bit scared, and I don't know if I'm qualified, so I turn to him, are those exact moments where I'm actually at my very best and ready to go and do even when it doesn't feel exactly comfortable. So I have a lot more confidence in what I do today, but I don't know that I'm going to have that much confidence tomorrow. We'll have to see. Every day is a new day, and every day feels a little bit different, but every day I lean into God a little bit more to say, I know you're going to give me what I need to get through this. On the opposite end of that pendulum swing is the overconfidence. Mm-hmm. I know some of the worst mistakes I've made mm-hmm. were when I was overconfident and didn't think I needed any help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so confidence is so important. It's closely tied to humility. Not that you're so humble that you think you're worth nothing, but humility as in having the right view of yourself. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do I bring to this equation? Where do I fit into this situation? Um, and how can I make a difference yeah. with the skills and the and the character traits and the things that I bring? Um, and I think so much of confidence is tied to that. What would you say to someone who's struggling in that area? You know, there, there really is that interesting balance between am I going to be really confident? Am I going to be really humble? We can we can be so humble that we don't even try and it becomes right. an excuse for us. Like, oh, that's that's just not for me. Let's let somebody else. And what we're really saying is I'm too scared to do something. Often. And so I'm going to just say that's for other people. I think, I think really looking inside ourselves and just reflecting on the ways whether... I, a, a lot of folks that I coach are not are not believers. There's a, there isn't you know a faith based approach to everything that I do. When there is, it's really great to be able to look inside and say, you know, what is God saying to you? That's the that's the only question we need to ask sometimes is what is God saying to you? When there's not, I do still think we have the ability to look inside ourselves for that strength that can that can really just well up in us that says you're good enough for whatever this is. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you're good enough for whatever this is. And when we can start to feel that and start to believe that, we can take one small step forward. I also think we have to remember that um, perfection is all in our mind. We're very hard on ourselves, especially (laughs) women, but just people in general, Mm -hmm. right? Perfection is all Mm -hmm. in our mind. I can... I can strive and strive and strive for the perfection. You may look at it and go, that's still not perfect. Right. So forgetting some of that, really just stepping back and saying, how do I, how can I show up as my very best self? And maybe my very best self is B plus work, but that's really good still. And I'm going to be proud of that. And I'm going to learn from it. And then I'm going to just take a deep breath and say, I did it. And just be silent, move away. So good. I think a lot of us do struggle with perfection. It cripples us Mm -hmm. from attempting something if we don't think we can execute it perfectly. And I think sometimes perfection is a moving target. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's very subjective. And so what's perfect to one person might be different perfect to someone else. And I know in my own life, um, I was organizing an event once and I had a perfect idea of how it should be executed but I couldn't do it all myself. So I had to invite other people. The project was just too big. And when each person did their part, it went further and further away mm-hmm. from my perfect plan 
But in the end, when each of those people brought their best self to the to the project, it was even better yeah. than I could have imagined. So my own perfect standard changed. If I had if I had done what I had envisioned, it wouldn't mm. have been good enough. Yeah. Um, just because so many other people brought so many other great things. So let's just call perfection. You know, <laughs> let's just throw that out. Yeah. That's, that's just totally <laughs> unnecessary. We could just all let go of that one for a bit. <laughs> and, yeah. and I love what you said about being our best selves. And that's going to look different on every day. Sometimes your best self is just getting out of bed that yes. day. And sometimes your best self is running a marathon. Um, so it just, uh, it just really depends. Another thing that you talked about was um, running as fast as we can. And I just see that so much in our society. Actually, both ends of the spectrum, people trying so hard to achieve they know not what um, and just unwilling to slow down and examine Mm -hmm. what's happening. And on the other end of the um, spectrum, as you were saying, people are just too afraid to try. And Mm -hmm. so they're not busy at all. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are deadly. How would you catch somebody caught in that hurry trap or that or frozen by fear? In, uh, you know, I would say actually in both cases, regardless of which side of that spectrum you're on, I think there is a chance to to stop and to be really reflective and honest about why you are where you are. Now, it is harder to get somebody who is running a million miles an hour to do that because, of course, they're going to say, I don't have time for that. I don't have the I don't have an hour to sit down and reflect on my week. I have every single hour full. Mm. Do you have five minutes? Do you have two minutes? Do you have this time that we have right here on this coaching session to reflect? I've I've actually um, had clients before go off camera, put themselves on mute, and I trust them that they're going to sit there and they're going to take a good 10 or 15 minutes of that coaching session to just be still and to be quiet and to either journal or maybe make a to-do list or something, basically get it all out of their head so that it doesn't feel as heavy as it really is and then to be able to look, come back on camera, come back into our conversation, and now let's look at this. And I find if people will just give themselves the grace of breathing and knowing that it's going to be okay, I can slow down for five minutes and without losing all of my ground, that they end up actually being even more productive, but more productive in an intentional way. Absolutely, and I think COVID was kind of a, pause and reset Mm -hmm. for a lot of us. We were forced to stop and reckon Mm -hmm. with, am I the person I want to be? And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. And what can I do about that? Um, And some people, it it was too hard for them uh, to face that Mm -hmm. because they had to sit with that for a long time. But for others, that's where good things happen. And we certainly saw in that time the best and the worst of humanity. People started new businesses. They redirected their lives. They spent more time with their families. They uh, learned new hobbies or they burned down cities and they protested yeah. and they were angry and they fell into addiction and, um, and self-destructive habits. Um, and so it's a real challenge to have to sit yes. and take a hard look at yourself. Yeah. I would say it's worth it, and I'm guessing I, you would it's too. It's absolutely worth it. It is work, and it's a little frightening at times, and you don't always like what you see, and sometimes you can't accept the things that you think you are seeing that you do like. Right? It's like taking a compliment. The first, when someone so compliments good. us, the first thing we do is say, oh, no, 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 and we make up an excuse for it. Working and coaching with clients and really helping them practice accepting those compliments and not judging themselves for the compliments they pay themselves, not judging themselves for the things they see in themselves that they don't love and then they're not proud of. 
But instead being able to say, okay, that's fine. Now I see it. Now I notice it. And now I can make a different choice, right? Until we notice and until we become aware, we just operate just out of habit. And once we notice and become aware, we can make different choices. I think those pauses in life, those pauses and those times to sit and reflect, no matter how short they are, are those opportunities to go, hmm, am I showing up as a person I want to be? And if I'm not, then I can show up as a person I do want to be. I can do something different. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, as we wind out our show today, is there anything you'd like others to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? Gosh, there's, there's so many things that, that come to mind when I think about this. And probably the most port, important one that I can share is that I never thought I could do this. I never mm-hmm. thought I could listen to what was the prompting from God to, to go out and to practice, to be a coach, to do all, you know, to do all of these things for him. I didn't think I could do that because that was outside of my comfort zone. My comfort zone was the job, the paycheck, the steadiness of all of that. And I feel like there are a lot of people that are walking around going, I can't do that. That's for someone else, even Mm. though they feel led to or they feel just a desire to go out and to fulfill an important dream. And I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs) But I know that there are people who are like, oh, yeah, sure, it it was easy for you. It wasn't easy for me, but it was so worth it. So I hope that there's somebody that's listening that hears this, hears this message, hears this conversation and says, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to take that step. I'm ready to do that next thing and just knows and trusts that they will absolutely be okay and it'll be a beautiful journey. Well, maybe they're ready to take that next step with you. How can they find you? I hope so, yes. So you can find me on my website, which is nataliemendezcoaching.com. You can also find me at natalie@mendezcoaching.com. You can email me there. Um, honestly, I don't do a lot of social media, but you can find me at either one of those spots. And I'd love to just hear from people and just hear about what they're going through. And if I'm able to help them with that journey, that's fantastic. But if not, I just love to hear about how people are doing and what their journey looks like. Well, that's a very easy website yeah. to navigate. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, the services that you offer are clearly explained. Yeah. And so people will get a lot of help by visiting you there. Um, So I just want to say how much fun this has been today to have this important conversation with you. Thank you so much for pausing in your busy schedule to take time and have this conversation. Thank you, Kit. This has been amazing. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun for me, too. Listeners, we'll see you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's eye-opening interview. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website at nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise, and to Joel Salazar, who created and performed the new Now I See theme song. 